You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. Not joined by any co-host tonight yet. Um, we have had some some changes on the show. Uh, we, unfortunately, no hard feelings, obviously, but uh, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson will no longer be on the Talking the Star podcast. Um, we've been doing this. Me and Dalton have been doing it for probably going on four or five years now. Cole joined us. It's probably been two, three years ago. So we had a good three, four year run um, with me, Cole, and Dalton. Um, and those guys have just, I mean, Dalton's got a huge job at uh, Pro Football Network. Cole's doing big things over at A to Z. Um, so just tougher to get everybody together on a, on a weekly schedule like we have been, um, seeing as those two really don't have any affiliation with blogging the boys anymore outside of doing the podcast. We try to keep it more um inside the network i guess you could say uh but still love those guys love doing this show with them uh for the years that we did it together uh, i'm gonna miss having them on every week obviously we'll still we'll still talk to those guys all the time maybe have them on as guests sometimes because the knowledge they bring is is unmatched um like i said it was a joy doing the show with those guys for the years that we did uh, we're working out some details now, what we're going to bring in, um, who we're going to bring in as a co-host. Um, some of those details will be kind of released um, in the coming weeks. We got a lot of things to talk about still with the Cowboys. Um, you know, obviously season over, playoffs still going on. So much to still talk about. Free agency around the corner, draft around the corner, playoffs still going on. There's so much to talk about about football, Cowboys, and we're going to continue to do that. So today, to fill in, as we're working out some details to what we're gonna, what this show is gonna look like moving forward. No one better to bring in than NFL Networks, one hundred five three, the Fan Zone, Bobby Belt. Bobby, how you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, living the dream each and every day. Got COVID, but uh, other than that, we're we're doing well. Um, how we how we feeling? How's the COVID holding on? It hasn't. It hasn't been so bad. I've actually had it. I, I didn't find out till over the weekend. I've actually had it since last Wednesday. Um, I think I actually probably got it at the playoff game. Super just because of yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. No, just because of like the timing of like I was out there on Sunday around a bunch of people, and then Wednesday I was getting symptoms, and so it's like all right, that's about a three day incubation period. Makes sense, but yeah, just some like achy joints, some stuffiness. Had a little bit of a ticklish throat at times, but um, 
no fever, nothing like that. Haven't felt terrible. It's just been kind of, you know, just feels like a, a little cold. So. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're hanging in there and, and, and battling it off. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Um, yeah. So we, we brought you on to try to come up with stuff to talk about because, you know, obviously the Cowboys aren't in the playoffs. You know, there's no stories going on regarding this team right now. So I just had mm-hmm. no, no, no clue what to talk about. So I said, let me get. Yeah. I mean, well, cause... yeah, yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk about Des and Tad. So oh, yeah, that'll, my... that'll be, that'll be the, uh, the hit tonight. We'll talk about Tad and Des and, <laughs> you know, settle that like men. <laughs> who, who wins in a fist fight? Oh gosh, Des, not even close. <laughs> that's a, like that's a ridiculous question. That's Des. All right. Well, obviously we have a lot to talk about because the whispers of the the Sean Payton stuff started to trickle out beginning of the week, and then today Sean Payton officially quote retired. Um, and the story started to come out about is there interest there from Dallas? Apparently there were some teams that had reached out to him reached out to the Saints before he officially retired. What do you got on that? Do you think that that, I mean, that's been a connection with this team for, for what seems like forever, you know, when Jason Garrett and 2017, 2018, 2019, before he was fired, it was kind of always like, well, maybe they'll make a trade for Sean Payton. And then they ended up hiring Mike McCarthy and that hasn't gone. It's gone about as well as I expected it to, but. Oh, uh, you don't think that's been awesome? You don't think it's uh, been, you, you don't think that's I mean, been a, a great a great experience so far he does has a, he does have the number one offense in the nfl so i should probably give him a little bit more credit um yeah yeah because <laughs> he was calling plays and designing all that and the, the slant flat offense was just tremendous i just you know we we wouldn't have had those 39 smoke routes give up plays uh you know without mojo moments and oh. so you know a lot, lot of yeah yeah a lot, lot of credit to uh the melon mike yeah melon mike <laughs> oh god but uh yeah let's talk about sean payton for a second what uh what do you think is that is that i mean i guess the question is uh, people act like 2023 2024 it's like a for sure thing but is there any chance that 2022 it could be a you know the job status of mike mccarthy hasn't really been set in stone yet by Jerry and the, the front office is Sean Payton an option for this 2022 season? I mean, never say never, but I, I feel like it's an unlikelihood that it would happen this year. Um, but I think, you know, it was very clear, like Sean Payton was putting it out there like, Hey, I don't have any plans set in stone. Right. So, you know, if, if, if you, if you'd like to take a look, I, you know, my, my calendar's free. And so, um, you know, I think that, there's always a possibility now that he's out there, he hasn't been free and open like this um, since Jerry's, you know, lusted after him all these years. And so that's a game changer. We don't know how he'll approach it exactly. Um, But I feel like probably not. Um, But I think that Mike McCarthy has been put on notice that, you know, Jerry said a couple weeks ago, it's Super Bowl or bust. And they obviously busted. And now I think it's okay, Mike, this is Super Bowl or your job. And so I, I think that I would put it at not very likely this year, but I think in the next three years, I would say more likely than not Sean Payton's the head coach of the Cowboys. Yeah. And I, and I agree. I mean, I think, I mean, I think Jerry would love for it to be this year. 
And I, it almost kind of seemed like the way Sean, like you said, like the way Sean talked today, it's like, I'm not opposed to it. It just, it seems like it's a lot to get sorted out within the next, what, four months, you know, before you, yeah. it, it would need to get sorted out before that, really. I, I think that he's, I think that he'd be open to it. Uh, Cause he, like he, he didn't completely shut the door. He just said, I don't think that's this year. I don't think yeah. I'll do it this year. You know, he said, I'd like to go to I don't think that'll be this year, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he, he didn't completely shut the door. Jerry hasn't completely shut the door on Mike McCarthy being fired. Um, and he's been given several opportunities to do it and he just refuses. Um, and I think that's because he's still very upset with how things ended. And I think he puts a lot of that on Mike McCarthy. And so what I think is at play here is there's a big advocate for Mike McCarthy and Stephen Jones. And I think that that's going to keep Jerry at bay for now, even though I think both Sean and Jerry would be open to this this year. Um, I think that's going to keep him at bay now, but it's going to be like a, all right, dude, here, here's your, you know, third year, here's your shot. It's make or break. Cause I don't have a lot of time here. And and that's the coach I've always wanted. And he's just sitting out there. So, right. you know, it's, it, it's time to get this thing done. And so I think anything short of a super bowl and Mike McCarthy's out of here next year. I don't walk it back a little bit because, you know, so obviously it was last week when Jerry was on the radio and got, you know, all the questions and, a lot of people like rolled their eyes at the way he handled that. And was like, Oh, he does that every year. And I was just like, what is like, y'all guys remember things no. than I do. Cause Jason Garrett had worse seasons than that for years. And anytime he got to confirm that Jason Garrett was going to be the dude, he did it. Like I went back and looked at the end of the 2017 season and the 2018 season, like all those years where they disappointing years or ended in playoff, you know, first round playoff exits. I would go back. I would, I, would, I searched it on Twitter where he'd be on the radio and he'd be like, Jason Garrett's the man for this job. And like, he never, he didn't even come close to saying that with the, the only time, he, the only time he, he relented was 20 after 2019 Chicago when they moved on from him. And yeah, so and, that, and, that's, that's the only time is that when he's, yeah, he's talked like this before, but the last right. time he did is when he let go of a coach. Right. And so, right. you know, I, I think that everybody should be taking what he says very seriously. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, like I said, I couldn't believe that so many people were just kind of rolling their eyes and being like, this always happens. And I'm like, Jerry literally tries to turn shit into gold any chance he gets. And I mean, he just completely, I mean, went pretty much as aggressively scorched earth as I've ever heard Jerry do on some something to do with his team that, you know, again, like it was a pretty good season for the Cowboys. Like they, they you know, they won a lot of games. They, you know, obviously got, at a close game in the playoffs, like for years, he tried to make that into something that it wasn't. And this opportunity, he just crushed pretty much everybody except the players, which, I mean, again, we, you know, we're not going to spend time talking about a playoff game from three weeks ago, but I think the players deserve some criticism for that game. But I just think you look at that game and the way it was coached and think, man, if we had a difference maker in, in the coaching department, we probably win that football game. So. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it was really, I think you're right that it's clear he's putting a lot of this on the coaching staff right. and in the things that he's saying and that he's not saying. Um, he's putting a lot of, of this responsibility on the coaching staff. Now, it's interesting because I've heard a lot of people say similar to what you did, which is I haven't heard Jerry this upset before or I haven't heard him this angry before. I've heard it before. I've never heard it that long after he's had time to cool down. But like well, I like I've heard the anger level about Mike Nolan, you know, Slater's right. report about Mike Nolan or some other things. 
So like I've heard it before. I've never heard it where he was fuming on Sunday and he got five days to collect it and, and kind of control it a little bit. And he didn't. And, and I think he, he wanted it to come across in that interview. I don't think it was acting or anything like that, but I think it was a conscious decision not to conceal his anger. I, I think he wanted people to hear it. And so that, that is different. And so I think that that's, that's meant to send a message to people. As Brian Brada said on 105.3 The Fan, he said twice Jerry did in that interview that he has 29 coaches. It's like, it's never a good thing when Jerry's keenly aware of the exact number of coaches he has, because that means he's reviewing some stuff. And right. so I think that that's, you know, he, he's putting some people on notice here. And and I don't think it's many of the players. Yeah, agreed. And again, like you said, like you, we've heard Jerry mad before, but it was either somebody was fired pretty soon or their contract wasn't renewed after. Or again, like I know, I don't know how you, you'll know more about this than I will, but Broadus talks about on the radio all the time about how he was ready to fire Nolan last year. And then Slater's report came out and he kind of felt like he couldn't at the time because of the report that came out. But yeah, like, again, he's never seemed that angry. Like you said, with the time to kind of sit on it and think about it. And then something didn't happen afterwards. Like anytime he gets that angry, I feel like something changes or something. Yeah. Happens. And when he feels like he's out of control or, or right. not out of control, um, when he feels that he's not, as in control of his emotions as he needs to be for media, then he he'll skip interviews. Um, or, or, you know, he, he had that, you know, the, when they traded for Amari Cooper, the day of he had canceled his interview on the fan or the day before one of them. Um, and when he came back on the following week, they asked him about the cancellation. He's like, I knew what we had cooking and I didn't like, I didn't trust that I was going to be able to keep my mouth shut. And right. so like, he knows he knows if he can, and that's the thing. He did move the interview later in the week. That was because of a funeral for John Madden, as Brian Broaddus reported. That wasn't, you know, to do with, you know, trying to get his emotions under control. But he did move the interview later than normal. So he had more time to kind of collect his thoughts and, and calm, down, calm down, and he didn't. And so I think that that's a big deal. And, and, and I know that there's a lot of people who are just tired of hearing about the anger and the frustration. Like, yeah, Jerry, you say you're pissed, like, show it. Like, you're not changing a damn thing. Like, I, I get right. that. I I sympathize with that frustration for fans. Um, but I also think they shouldn't just discount how angry he is. And, and I think that I, I think that I think that there needs to be greater consideration to there's a lot of people in the chain of command who are gonna have a say, who can potentially convince Jerry to hold off and, and you know, he's not just gonna go completely rogue and make his own decisions like that. And so I think that that needs to be under consideration, but know that the top dog is very, very frustrated and that's yeah. not a small thing. Yep. I definitely agree. Let me ask you this just cause I've never, I, I've never heard him answer and I've never heard the question asked. And I feel like you're a good person to ask. Were we ever told why a plate was ran before the two minute warning on the drive before the quarterback draw play? Um, at the end of the San Francisco game. Yeah, and I hate to go all the way back to that, but I've been begging. To yeah, I'm trying to. I don't. I I don't remember it getting asked. Um, like that that would have been the, the scenario. It was. It was. Was the, that the? They, was that the, they completed the, the pass to, to? They completed the pass to uh, Dalton Schultz for 36 yards or whatever it was, and then the clock was going to two minute warning, and they hustled up. They ran a play, and it ended up being a sack. It was you know kind of a broken play, but they ran it right as it. You know, it was pretty much 201. They they snapped the ball on first and 10 from the 
45 yard line or whatever it was. And there was a two yard loss on a sack. And it's I just would like, guess why wouldn't I, you I, take that time at the two minute warning to like, all right, let's get a drive together. You know, they rushed. To I, play. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I think part of that probably is, you know, they, they weren't totally confident in their offense and they were probably feeling like, Hey, we're not close enough yet to assume we're going to score and we need to make sure that there's some time here. And so if we can get a stoppage at the two minute warning and, you know, still save some timeouts and things like that, then that'll give us a chance to, you know, make a stop and get the ball back is I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was their thought process, but I don't remember that coming up, but, it, but I mean, I would assume it was related was pro- to that. And again, I hate to blink, like that's not a, but I mean, that is, isn't that par for the course for them and for Mike right. McCarthy is to mismanage the clock anyway. So I mean, they, they, they get crazy. I've never seen anybody that the clock has not changed for, you know, 80 years. Like you've got the two minute warning. You've got your three timeout. Like so right. much of this is just is, is basic. I mean, I understand the play clock used to be 45. Now it's 40. Like I get there are certain changes like that. But like come into the modern era, dude. Like the entire yeah. time you've been a head coach, Mike McCarthy, this is all been the same these yeah. are these are all the same rules get to understand how the clock works like there there is so many coaching errors in that game that have been talked about and brought up and asked to McCarthy and Jerry and all those guys but it just it kind of blew my mind that that wasn't I mean again like you got the ball on your side of the 50 yard line you have three timeouts in two minutes like there's like that play pretty much I'm not, I'm not saying it ruined the drive but like you have that play that was rushed, forced, that didn't need to be. You go, you save, what, two seconds? I think the ball snapped at 2.02, if I remember correctly. Ball mm-hmm. snapped at 2.02. You go into the two-minute two warning after that, coming out of, you know, it's second and 12 at that point, and then you have a C.D. Lamb drop. I guess, and then yeah, yeah, but I guess if you – I guess, again, what their thought process would be is if you get into the two-minute warning and then you run a play – now you're fighting the clock and now you're like having to consider timeouts and stuff like that. Whereas if you complete it inbounds, whatever, doesn't matter, you know, the clock is stopping. And so you might as well yeah. take advantage of that stoppage in time because yeah. if you let it pass, you're just letting it pass without getting any sort of an advantage of the clock stopping. So I, I would guess that was their thought process is we need to take advantage of this essentially fourth timeout instead of just letting it pass by without any use. Yeah. I just, I, I was curious if I missed an answer to that. Cause I figured it was, cause you hate Mike McCarthy. It is. I, I get it. Absolutely. You, you hate him. You hate the guy. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I you see. You wish you'd go now. back to the barn. You wish you'd go back to the barn with Jim Haslam. Yeah, I wish you. I would. Know? I wish you'd go back with with Pelicero and and figure it all out again because Morgan now is not great. <laughs> My NFL Network colleague Tom Pelicero. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it was. I don't know. I mean, that that really... I, that, I just got to say, by the way, just very briefly, I got to give a shout out to Tom Pelissero because I only got to work with him for the first time this year. This is the, uh, He came in and did a game, uh, the Denver game, actually, which is brutal. Yeah. Um, he came in and did the game because Slater was out. I was at that game, and too, unfortunately. He was... Uh, he's so good. But, like, like, just working with him, like, I mean, not that Slater's not good. Slater's great. But, I mean, yeah. just, to, like, just the way that he is and, like, just watching him work and the way that he like takes notes and stuff. So I just thought like, I just want to give a shout out that like Tom Pelissero is like so fantastic. And so if anybody ever, you know, watches him, just know like he puts a ton of work into what he does. He, he's fantastic. For sure. For sure. Um, so I want to look, you know, ahead a little bit now. We, we've talked about McCarthy. We've talked about Peyton. We talked about some of the stuff in the San Francisco game. Um, 
there's been a lot of talk today as well. Obviously, obviously we're recording this on Tuesday. It comes out on Wednesday. But Dan Quinn heading Chicago tomorrow to get a second interview. Uh, the Denver deal, you know, the Denver job seems like it's a a hot commodity right now too with Dan Quinn. I mean, you pretty much, if you're a betting man, you'd bet on Dan Quinn not being here within a couple of weeks, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I would say – there's a better chance Sean Payton's named the head coach than Dan Quinn's back here. Like, like his name, the head coach, like tomorrow, then, then Dan Quinn returns. I think Dan Quinn is long gone. It's just a matter of which job, which I still think is likely to be Denver. Um, that's the one he's had eyes on for a few weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think whether it's New York, Chicago, Denver, you know, wherever, um, you know, I, I think that Dan Quinn is, is, not back. There is a 0% chance Dan Quinn is with the Cowboys next year, I think. And you would say probably the exact opposite for Kellen Moore, correct? Yeah, I think that there's a pretty strong chance Kellen Moore's back. Um, just because, I mean, they, you know, they, they did not play well in the second half of the season. And they have too much talent, and he was too hot of a commodity for there to be any excuses for that. And so... I think that damaged him with a lot of teams to begin with. And then, you know, he did get a few interviews, but, I, you know, he's, he's not a great interview from what you hear from people. Um, I, I mean, he wasn't a great interview apparently with Boise State, and that was his alma mater. Um, that's not a dig against him. People, you know, need practice at that. I Like, I, you know, I've always thought I was a terrible job interview guy for jobs that I've interviewed for. So, like, it's, it's not a dig. It's, it's, it is a skill set that not everybody has. And it doesn't mean he wouldn't be a good head coach. Um, but I, I just think that it's going to be tough for him to stand out in this cycle with kind of the damage to his resume and then, you know, not being like necessarily a sweet talker to, to kind of explain those things away. Right. What, um, just, I mean, I'm not asking you to give me odds, but are you, you said there's a 0% chance Dan Quinn's back. Is there a hundred percent chance that if Kellen Moore doesn't get a head coaching job, that he's the offense coordinator in 2022? Um, I mean, I think it's a, about as good a chance as, you know, Mike McCarthy returning, which I think is pretty high. So, you know, cause I mean, obviously if you let Mike McCarthy go and Sean Payton came in here and he had different ideas for what he wanted to do, maybe that would put an end to it. But, you know, I think there's like a 95% chance that Mike McCarthy's back coaching next year. So I think there's a 95% chance that Kellen Moore's back next year. Okay. I was just, I mean, cause again, we've talked about, the struggles the offense has had, you know, how much talent it's had and how they just ran into a brick wall. It, you know, ever since really the Denver game and like they did have three or four good performances in that final half of the season. It was stretch. just wildly but, inconsistent. There, right, there was right. no consistency to it. And there was a lot of just bizarre things about the offense that didn't like, it does not make any sense that Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott didn't have an answer for two high safeties for six weeks. Like, yeah. that is still baffling. And I know, like, Kansas City had to work through some stuff, too. And, and so it's not, like, completely uncommon. But Kansas City worked through it, it and they figured right. it out. And, and Dallas didn't. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's just, like, that, that kind of – I'm not saying it surprises me that it's such a certain thing that he'll be back. But, I mean, you've seen – like, obviously the injuries last year were main reason that the offense – couldn't figure it out and they only won six games whatever it was but like in 2019 it happened with Kellen Moore where they started off great and then fell off at the end of the year and you know a lot of people blame that on Jason Garrett they were like well it's Jason Garrett still 
you know, still having a heavy influence on what needs to be done and how it needs to be ran. And then 2020, same thing, the offense kind of the first half of the season, it was rolling, but it was still, there were some inconsistencies there where they'd get in a hole because they couldn't really get the ball. They were running the ball on first down a ton. Um, I remember coming on here a lot and talking about how they ran the ball on first down way too much and put them in holes. And it made, you know, Dak Prescott had to be Superman in order to dig them out of the holes. And it happened a few times like Atlanta and some of those games early in the year, but it just, it's kind of surprising to me that there's not more discussion about maybe, you know, does Mike want to move on? And not that they would listen to Mike after the year he just had, but, you know, if I was McCarthy, I'd be like, well, shit, if, if I'm, you know, if I think I'm a good coach, I know how to win, but my offense was the reason I didn't like, I'd go out and find, and again, he has no, he has no like word to stand on because he hired Mike Nolan and Joe Philbin guys who really haven't worked out and probably, you know, Mike Nolan's out of a job and Joe Philbin will probably be out of one here soon, but it's just, I wonder how much discussions being had of we need to do something different in a coordinator. Uh, I, I mean, I still think there are a lot of people who think really highly in the building of Kellen Moore. Um, and, and I think that the Which growing pains of the, um, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's, he's done some really nice things at times. Right. He is, I think he is exactly what you see from the Cowboys offense. He's wildly inconsistent. Right. There are times where he's, you know, it seemed like there was a certain identity with this team through the first five weeks of the season and that they had certain things that they did. And then that kind of all went out the window and, and you know, it's, it's, it seems like he's, he's still like evolving and shifting and trying to figure out what he wants to be and what he wants the character and, and nature of his offense to be. And it seems like he's going through these shifts every few weeks in a season going back to 2019. And so I mean, I think there are times he looks really, really good and he does a lot of really great stuff. I mean, I thought that, you know, like as poor as it went uh, in the end, like I still go back to, I think the greatest game has ever called. I, I want to see if you'll be able to guess what I think the best game I think I've seen him call in, in his time in Dallas is. What it do you was, think it is? Was it this year? No. Was it the uh, Giants game at the end of 2000 and? What year was that? That was 18. He was quarterback's coach then. Oh, uh, that would have been 2019 or 2020 versus Philly on the road with Ben DiNucci at quarterback. Uh, yeah. Where they lost and they were, but like, they shouldn't have gained any yards that night. And he was pulling out all the stops and doing all this. And I remember thinking, like, he deserves a ton of credit for manufacturing what he did. Like, that made me feel so confident in his future, even though, like, they were terrible and they lost. Like, he was doing things to, like, it made me go, like, okay, here's a guy who, like, here's a problem. Here's, like, I'm limited with my personnel, but I'm going to figure out a way to get yards, damn it. I'm going to figure out a way to get scores. And, like, that was – He kind of did that that this year with the Vikings game. I mean, to a certain – not to that extent. You know, obviously, Cooper is a better quarterback. Yeah, it was not not nearly as, you know, difficult a time, obviously, with Minnesota. Because, I mean, like, you were missing, like, there were so many injuries to the Cowboys last year in that Philly game. Um, and you were on like your third string quarterback. And so (laughs) he's, um, that, that made me a big believer in Kellen Moore. Um, like, I mean, honestly, I think the two best games he's called were that. And then the very first game he called against the giants in the 2019 opener where they were just cooking the giants. And so 
you know, I, I think that there are times where what I see from him is really, really encouraging and really great. And then there are other times where it's like, man, how desperate are you? You're running the, you know, as, as Philip Tanner said on Twitter, you're running the annexation of Puerto Rico in the first <laughs> quarter against San Francisco, like trying to do the Cedric Wilson toss. Like, yeah, what are we yeah. doing here? And, and you had those issues where like we talked about like third and eight for like four weeks in a row, they would give up on third and eight. Yeah. And, and it was bizarre where it's just like, we're throwing a quick screen out to the receiver and picking up four and yeah. we're punting. And so, you know, I believe in what he can be and I believe in his toolbox. I, I just, I want to see him become more consistent with it. I, I think it's just, I still believe he can be a, a really great coordinator. I think it's just, he's, He's a young coordinator, and there, there's some growing pains there. It's almost like his offense, like, molded into what he was this year. Like you said, like, the inconsistencies. The yeah. quarterback was inconsistent. The running game was went from being the best running game to the worst running game. The the receivers inconsistent. Which isn't, isn't, isn't that the case? I mean, doesn't your yeah. offense usually take on your coach's identity? And, and I, mean, I think that's why, um, you know, I know a lot of people don't like the term identity um, when it comes to football teams. But like, I think that that's just the best word for it is I think that, you know, there were a lot of times where the Cowboys took on the identity of Jason Garrett. The offense played, you know, a lot of times the way Jason Garrett was philosophically um, or Scott Linehan or, or guys like that. And so, I mean, there's only so much YOLO ball you can do and so much checks you can do to kind of change things up a little bit. Um, the offense is the offense in a lot of ways. And, and I think that there's just a lot of inconsistencies in Kellen Moore. And so there's a lot of inconsistencies in the offense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, I want to move through some of the stuff because I still got a quite a, not, not quite a bit, but a handful of stuff for you. I'm just going to make you do this quick. So I'm just going to go through some of these free agents the Cowboys have and some of the guys who aren't free agents but are going to be some questionable roster decisions. And I just wanted a, are they on the roster or not on the roster? So, uh Yes, they're on there, or no, they're not on there. Um, Got it. In 2022. Demarcus Lawrence. Yes. That makes me feel good. Amari Cooper. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't think that Demarcus Lawrence is here under his current cap figure, but he'll, I think he'll be here. Okay. So, re, you know, they're going to pay cut type of deal? Yeah, restructure or something. Yeah, something will, something will just change. I, I just don't think – I don't think they'll carry him with a $27 million figure. Okay. Amari Cooper. No, I agree. And I, that's, that's not a slam dunk or anything, but I mean, I just think that similarly you're looking at a guy who he can't come back with that figure. And so I think they're trying to figure out like, okay, how, how does, what does that mean for us? Does that mean we need to restructure him, look at a pay cut, um, you know, kick the can down the road a little bit, 
Do we need to look at a trade? Do we need to look at a release? And, um, you know, I think that just productivity plus, you know, fragility plus, you know, uh, salary cap considerations all equals up to he cannot have that cap figure next year. And yeah. so I, I would be certain that there's no way he's playing under that cap number. So now the question is, okay, what is it? Is it a restructure or a pay cut or something like that, a trade or a release? And so it's just, I, I, I trend towards release a little bit um, just because there's, there's a lot of savings that can be had there. He's still a great player, but I mean, he is getting, you know, not getting up there. I mean, he's 28, but you know, he, he's started 27, whatever he is. And so, I mean, he, he is starting to, you know, I think that you can start wondering are like, okay, are we hitting peak right here? Or are we starting to look on the backside of his career? Um, and he's banged up a lot. So I, I do wonder if, uh, you know, I just lean right now towards, no, he's not here next year. Tyron Smith. I'll say yes, tentatively. I, I don't feel great about it, but yes. Greg, is there a line? No, zero chance. Really? Zero chance. Wow. Is Bones here next year? Yes. Bon, I think Bones knows his kicker was broken. It's just okay. he couldn't say that. Like, they reached a point where there was no turning back, and so it wasn't going to be productive to say the guy sucks and he's lost it. But I think that internally they all felt like the guy sucks and he's lost it. So I, I don't think Bones was much of a believer by the end of the year. And I think he was just giving some, giving some covering fire for a guy that they were kind of stuck with and he didn't want to psychologically damage anymore. Good to know. All right, let's move on to some of these free agents because those are really the biggest names I wanted to talk about as far as that. I'm surprised you didn't ask me about Lyle Collins because that's a guy I think is a no. You think he's gone? Yep. I just don't think they trust him. And I think, you know, Terrence Steele's cheaper. They can go. I, I think they could trade Lyle, get some, you know, get a decent return for him. Whereas the, I, that's the reason why I'm hesitantly saying Tyron's still here is because I don't think, you know, he's still relatively cheap by NFL standards. He's still a good player. He's on the backside of his career. He's not a dominant, like, you know, mauling left tackle anymore, but he's still a good player when he's healthy. You'll still get, you know, 12, 13 really good games out of him. Um, but you're not going to be able to get much in return on a trade market and you don't want to just cut that. So that's why I lean towards Tyron's back. Lyle's a little different. Lyle's younger. Um, I think he played pretty well. Yeah. Got some he, flexibility. I mean, I um, but I think that they just, there's some damaged trust there and I don't know, you, you know, it's just Terrence Steele. He's cheaper. He's yeah. under control for the next few years. And I think that they feel like, look, we, we've lost some trust here we've got somebody who's cheaper who can, you know, do a decent job in that spot. And we feel like we might be able to get some capital here. So I just think Lyle's a prime trade candidate, uh, not a release guy. I just think that he's a prime trade candidate. That would hurt me because the line was not great at all this year. And at times it wasn't good at all. And I felt like when he was on the field, which is part of the reason you're saying he might not be here. I felt like he was one of the more consistent guys they had. So yeah, I, to take I think him I, out I mean, of that I, equation just hurts me. I, I mean, Zach Martin is always Zach right, right. Martin is Zach Martin. We don't even right. consider anybody else above him. So uh, uh, outside of him, then then when you consider that's a given, the other four, like I think Lyle was the most consistent. Right. That's obviously that's yeah, right there. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with him. It was like you know, you almost. 
we've gotten to the point with Zach Martin where you kind of were with like Travis Frederick and Tyron back in the day where it was just like you kind of even don't even talk about him anymore because it's like, okay, he's the best player at his position. It's not close, so we're not going to even yep. mention his name. But, yeah, I mean, that would hurt because the line wasn't good and you're taking the second most consistent player off of it and somehow you got to replace that. And obviously if you do with Terrence Steele, that's, that's fine. You get a player who I don't think, like you said, is cheaper, younger, going to be under control a little bit longer not as good in my opinion but i mean you then then you're looking at you know having to fill the swing tackle need with a left guard need or whatever it is so that could get yeah. interesting uh, that's that's an interesting one that i mean again i know it was talked about a lot when the suspension happened this year is okay let's figure out a way to move this guy but i think at the time the offense line was playing relatively well and you were like okay you know the line's good without him so let's move him and then some for some reason he got into the lineup and the line started playing worse, which still does not make sense to me. <laughs> a lot of it doesn't add up, but I mean that also maybe why your offensive line coach isn't here next year either. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's run through some of these free agents. Um, start off with Dalton Schultz. Uh, no, um, I, I don't think it's yeah. yeah it's just a, it's a it's going to be a money issue. Uh, I think they like him. They'd like to have him back. It's just it's not going to work out financially. I don't think. He's got, he's got a really good relationship with Dak Prescott. You know, for, for all the issues we saw, uh, you know, seeming, you know, seemingly, pro, you know, these issues with communication and things like that um, with Dak Prescott and some of his guys, particularly CeeDee Lamb at times, um, that's not been an issue with Dalton Schultz. He and Dalton Schultz have been pretty much on the same page, you know, the last two years. And so and I think, you know, he – he made big plays for them on third down this year. He made big plays in the red zone. So, you know, I think they'd like to keep him, but the guy's going to get John U. Smith money. You know, right. and he's going to get 12 million annually on the open market. And so it's just, I don't think it's going to work out. Michael Gallup. I'll say back since I have Cooper gone. Um, I think that, you know, they can save 16 million by releasing Cooper um, or by trading him. And I think that, they probably feel like they can get Gallup and Wilson tandem for a cap figure in the first year, not, you know, necessarily average annual value, but the cap figure in the first year, I think they feel like they could get cheaper than the $16 million they'll be saving with Coop. So it's like, you know, move on from Coop, potentially retain Wilson and Gallup, and then still have extra cash left over. And so I think that that might be the way they're looking at it on the books. Real quick before I continue with some of these uh i'm probably cedric wilson's biggest fan at a second round mm -hmm. grade on him in the draft he came out of mm -hmm. i kind of don't want them to bring back cedric because i think cd lamb's best position is in the slot and i think that's where he plays his best football so i don't know and wilson's not your prototypical x guy who's gonna line up on the boundary so i almost feel like for the offense I, th I think you know i, th I think if they played him if they played him at the X, I think he'd do okay. I who, like, who? I mean, I, Cedric Wilson, um, you know, I, I don't think oh, he right. it's necessarily like a straw, but I'm like, I think right. he can, I, I think he could hang there. And so, you know, it's, you know, I do agree that CD's best spot is in the slot, but right. um, you know, I, I think that there's some flexibility with Wilson and lamb also that they could, you know, play around with formations a little bit there. Yeah. And they might like that too. That was one of the main reasons when people, you know, wanted to move, when people wanted to move on from Gallup and just have Amari, Cedric Wilson, and 
CD, I was like, you just got three slot receivers. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, again, like, like, like all those guys can move around, but like, I think you could, could make the argument that Amari's does his best work in the slot and Cedric does her best, his best, best work in the slot and CD does his best work in the slot. So I was like, oh, we, we need to find our version of a Jamar Chase give, or even, even a T Higgins, something like that. <laughs> give me Traylon Burks. Yeah. We're going Traylon Burks from Arkansas. That's my guy. Yeah, we're going to get into a little bit of that at the end. Um, but I'm just going to go through a few more of these real quick. Jaron Curse. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, that's tough. I, I'll i say yes. Um, but, I mean, that's, I, I don't have a good read on that one at all. I mean, he's he's a, a guy I think they would want back. Um, now, if some of these coaches that put him in a good position to succeed – and gave him his opportunities. If they get jobs elsewhere, Dan Quinn, George Edwards, guys like that, does he want to go follow them? Um, if you bring Mike Zimmer in here as your defensive coordinator once Dan Quinn leaves and George Edwards is sticking around and you've got the familiarity there, um, you know, would, would that be an enticing thing to Jay Runkers? Or would it be a deterrent to Jay Runkers since he played in that system in Minnesota and he wasn't given the opportunities that he got when he came here? And so, I mean, there's a lot of difficult questions there, but I think just because of the want to, where I think he wants to be back and I think Dallas wants him, I'll say yes, but that one, I don't feel confident about either way. All right. I got two more. Randy Gregory. Yes. I'll just say Dor- yes. Dorrance Armstrong. You know, Jerry loves him. Mm, it largely depends, I think, on who your coordinator is. And what okay. they want, because um, I think that's one of those ones that could go either way. So I think it'll just be: Do we see a new coordinator in here who has different ideas? Um, I'll, I'll lean towards no. Demonte Kazir, Malik Hooker, and we'll finish with that. Um, I feel like one of those guys are probably coming back. If it's not KZ, followed Dan Quinn yeah. here. So I mean, who's to say he doesn't follow him again somewhere else? And Dan Quinn really likes him as a as a leader and as a guy to communicate his message. So I'll lean Hooker over Casey. Okay. All right. That does it for free agent talk. You started bringing up the last thing I want to finish with. Um, you started digging in some of these draft guys. I started this week. I've, I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be. But Me what, are, uh, what are – I mean, obviously when you're looking at positions this team's targeting, it's got to be offensive line. It's got to be – you're still probably looking to add some pieces on the defensive side of the ball. But if, you know, going in this draft class, you know, it looks like the offensive line has plenty of talent and depth in it, so that bodes well for the Cowboys. But what other positions do you think the Cowboys are going to be looking into um, heading into the draft this year? I mean, I, I think I would say – anything but probably quarterback maybe running back is on the table in the first three rounds well I I mean like I could see him picking and and I don't just mean oh you know they could take an offensive lineman I mean like I could see them taking a tackle guard or center in the top 100 I could see them taking receivers tight ends even potentially a back if the right one was there in the third round or something like that I don't think they'd use a first round pick on a running back but um I could see them still maybe sneaking a, a you know, a, a back end into the top 100. I think quarterback's the only thing that's off the table. Um, 
and then you know kicker and punter and stuff but uh right. you know maybe they should maybe they should spend some high draft capital on a kicker <laughs> might help them um but then on defense, go- i mean yeah you, you can never have enough pass rushers so you know get you a one tech get you a three tech get you a, you know a, an edge rusher not that linebacker. the one tech is going to do a ton of you know pass rushing yeah linebacker you're, you're gonna have to do a pretty hefty reset and i mean yeah. some things have changed for micah parsons where maybe micah parsons is splitting his time now and so you're gonna need somebody else in there to work with you know uh jabril cox and you know have a rotation of jabril cox micah parsons and top 100 pick um you know they could always go get another corner um i mean they've got Kelvin joseph and, and he played well and you've got digs but i mean you generally want three corners these days and um i, I mean i think that that's something that could be possible particularly if the value's there and then obviously safety could, could always be something that they're looking at um and so I, I genuinely wouldn't be stunned if they picked any position in the top 100 except quarterback okay yeah i mean i, I think looking at it it's like you said, you could pretty much lump that whole offense line together and just say best player of it. You know, they're, they're going to take their best player available on the offense line within the top 100. I'd bet money on it today. I, um, I would, I would, if you were asking me odds on favor right now for pick 24, I'd say it's an offensive lineman. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice Texas A&M. deep draft. They're, they're, yeah. Kenyon Green's a guy, Tyler Linderbaum, um, shoot the kid at Central Miss, uh, Michigan um the tackle who can play some guard canard at kentucky um sean ryan at ucla i really like sean ryan um that's a guy who can play tackle or guard he's played left tackle at ucla he actually for the you know Kayvon Thibodeau wrecked ucla this year but he did it all on the right side when he went up against sean ryan on the left ryan pretty pretty well had him handled and ryan's like a former top 30 recruit in the country i think or top 50 um, and so big time pedigree played in big time games against big time pass rushers and held his own and, and has some flexibility to play inside or outside. And so, um, Ryan's a guy that I like a lot in case you can't tell. And so I, I think that Ryan would be a guy that I'd be interested in and some value, probably not the first round. I don't know that he'd go that high, but maybe into the second round. Right. Yeah. It seems like there's a handful of guys this year who were like top 50 ish guys who have that position flex that we know the Cowboys love on the offense line, play guard, tackle, move around a little bit. So that I think, I think green, them. I think green could potentially play like any spot you wanted. Right. 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 Yeah. And yeah, so obviously I, I mean, he's a hot name right now for people who are. And that's the thing. Like, like there's a little bit of, I feel like it's a little bit like Derwin James syndrome. Like you right. remember we all talked about Derwin James and we all thought Derwin James is was in this certain window, but then when we all started talking about him a little bit and everybody realized like, Oh, we all love him. And he all does these things like at the bleak probably likes him more than pick 19 then. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, sure enough. I mean, we were a little surprised he got all the way down to 17, 18, I think with yeah. the chargers. I think it, yeah, it was like the pick before the Cowboys. No, it wasn't right before. Cause I think Cincinnati was picking right before them, but um, I think it was like pick 17 and Dallas was at like 19 or something like that. Right. Um, but he's, uh, you know, I think that, Kenyon Green's going to be one of those guys where it's like we're all talking about him a certain way and he can play all these different spots. Like, man, he's he may be one of these guys that ends up going in the top 20. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not a huge, I, I didn't love the Micah Parsons pick the, when it was done because. Oh, you know, I'm, I, now that is one of the things I can spike the ball on. I was a Micah <laughs> Parsons fan from the very beginning. No, I, again, love Micah Parsons. We just, and again, I, we're, we're all guilty. 
we're all guilty. I, I feel like we're all guilty. I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I'm guilty of not letting the narrative talk you in and out of things. But like, you look at Michael Parsons on tape from Penn State, and you're like, dude, like he's gonna be a missile. He's gonna hit. He's gonna run sideline sideline. Like he can do some things as a blitzer. But you're just like, do I really want to spend that value on off the ball linebacker? Who, again, if Dan Quinn wasn't here. If it was Mike Nolan or Rod Marinelli, like he's probably not rushing the passer that much. So, but he was still he was still a game changer when he was playing linebacker. Right. You know, he's right. collecting three tackles for loss in a game. I and, know. And yeah. so, but I mean, look, I I changed up my philosophy on draft prospects a little bit uh, a couple of years ago, which was like I realized there were too many factors that I couldn't account for. But like, I'm not a scout, you know. Like scouts are on the road, like busting their tails, doing their homework. Cowboys have a ton of really good scouts who grind like year round. Um, not just, you know, watching the tape, but like, you know, talking to people at these schools and like doing homework back like way past their college years and into their background and, and the type of people they are. And and so, um, and, and you never know how teams are gonna use them and, and it's tough to project some certain things and you don't always know, okay, where's love of football? And so, like, are they a hard worker? There's just so many variables there that I've pulled back a little on that type of like flat out analysis of like, oh, this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to suck. This guy. And I've just right. taken an approach of like, I'm just going to like, I can't tell you a project, but if you just ask me the things that I like about him, because I can find something I like about these guys, I can tell you what I like about this player and you know, this guy here. And like, I like what this guy does. And, and I, and I tend to, you know, I have my thoughts potentially about some of the negatives, but it's like, you know what? I, I'm not qualified enough to soil right. these waters. I don't think for the fan base. So I, I don't, I try to stay away from some of that these days. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was the only reason I brought that up is because you know, there's a couple linebackers that I like that I think should probably be in that range of that pick too. So I would put the Lloyd. On, yep. I'd put the money on linebacker offense line with that 24th overall pick right now. And, don't hate any of the options that, that look like they could be there. And again, if it doesn't work out of the way and they, they end up falling in love with a corner or so like give that. me Traylon Burks, man. If Traylon Burks miraculously oh, falls to 24, I very seriously doubt. I, I don't think there's enough buzz about Traylon Burks, the receiver at Arkansas right now. That dude is going to like by the combine, people are going to be talking about that guy like DK Metcalf. Like, and so I, think, I saw I think, some. Somebody was comparing him to Debo the other day on Twitter, and I was like, "Broadus said he thinks he's a, a bigger." And I was Debo. like, "I don't see that." As far as just like, well, he's just the- like he's gonna run. He's six three two twenty five, and he's gonna run a four four right or right. a four three. I mean, he's a freak, and like, I mean, he's just he now he does some Debo like things. Like, I mean, they'll right. put him in the backfield. They'll give him some carry, and so they use him similarly, but. Man, like, I think there's some DK Metcalf, like, A.J. Brown combo platter there. And so, like, I think right. that guy's going to go really, really high. And so, but, you know, who knows? We all thought C.D. Lamb was going to go really, really high. He didn't. So, That's I mean, if you were to, to slide down to you a little bit, then I, w- I would definitely be in favor of Traylon Burks. Imagine imagine this time last year we're saying the Cowboys are going to draft a wide receiver in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. You would have called me crazy. I would have said Matt Mellon is your general manager. <laughs> That was still the most the most wild thing I've ever seen on a draft was the third year in a row the Lions took a receiver, which nowadays I don't know 
that people would think that's that crazy to take a receiver three years in a row in the first round because, like, just the way the, the way the game has gone. But back then it was like, you idiots, you just yeah. spent three straight top ten picks on receivers. What are you doing? To run the ball 45 times a game. <laughs> yeah, let's go Avion Kaysen. <laughs> Bobby, thanks so much for joining me. We we had to we had to kick the other co-host to the curb. So I hate say- Dalton and his man bun anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy the guy goes to Portugal for the week and just thinks he can quit my podcast, just killing me. Yeah, he's just like, he's like you know going off to Portugal to do God knows what that's not legal here in the United States. <laughs> well, Bobby, you saved the day. I try. You saved the day. RJ's not going to kill us. Not going to fire me. He might try. He might. Me. RJ hates me. So yeah. So when he finds out it's me, he might. So. No, I told him you were saving the day. He was like, "All right, cool." Because we decided we decided to cut our podcast group in half in the middle of the week of a podcast week. So I don't I don't know how that uh, came about, but you stepped in, you saved the day. Appreciate you. I so talked much. a lot. I don't you shut up. So those are, those are good good qualities in in trying to fill time. Absolutely, and you, and and let me just say, I didn't even I brought this up before you got on when I was introducing you. But loving the content you're bringing to 105.3 because oh thank you let's just say let's just say uh big upgrade from what we had what be we nice be nice I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just be saying. nice i uh no, as i as i've told a lot of people uh those guys have been all of them have been really good friends of mine and uh big supporters of mine over the years and so it's a really cool thing when you can jump in and become teammates with guys that are already your friends and to already have those relationships built. Like, like we were just able to like step in and, you know, connect and start, you know, working as a team because we already had that familiarity. And so that was, uh, it's been a blessing and, uh, you know, they've made it easy. Uh, they make me look good. So. Good man, Bobby. Thanks so much for joining us. They know where to find you on Twitter at Bobby belt TX, right? That's it. Come for all the, uh, you know, memes and trolling and nine God talk. Nine God talk. It's been plenty I of that. I got chills recently. just saying it. Uh, it's been. We, I didn't that. even. I didn't. Be, I didn't even make a crack. Like, think about the great Eastern Illinois quarterbacks that have affected the Cowboys this week: Jimmy Garoppolo, Sean Payton. I mean, the two best Eastern Illinois quarterbacks ever, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Bobby, thanks again, man. We will uh we'll talk to you again a little bit uh when we get closer to the draft, hopefully. Um get a little bit better idea of what positions we'll be looking at, what players we'll be looking at. I'd love to have you back on uh, in the near future. Sounds good. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, thanks so much. <laughs>